Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to Going the Distance with Coach John Hughes. Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. John, it's been way too long. It really has, George. We've both been busy all summer doing important, fun things, but we just haven't had a chance to get together. Well, and speaking of, you know, this time of year, so many of us consider this the off-season, especially me. I really enjoy off-season, but is this really off-season or is it pre-season? Back in the dim, distant past, when I started riding in my 30s now, in my 20s even then, the Davis Double Century, the third weekend in May, was the big event. And so we would do that. We'd do a little touring in the summer. And then about September, you'd quit riding your bike and started training again Super Bowl Sunday. And there was plenty of time to get in shape for the Davis Double. But that doesn't work so well when you're in your 40s, and it really doesn't work when you're in your 50s and your 60s. You just lose fitness a lot faster. So I think it's pretty important to have a really short break, a few weeks, maybe a month, for not doing anything formal. I had five different clients that did Paris, Press, Paris this year, and I said, that was great. You know, that was mid-August. Take September off. I don't even want to talk to you. Just let me in October. And they did, and they had breaks, and they're raring to go. So what you should be doing this time of year is, first of all, starting to lay your base so you can do longer and or harder workouts. If you just jump into the hard stuff, you're going to get injured. So what does building your base do? Well, first of all, it builds the endurance of your cycling muscles. I am uh, actually did my first day of cross-country skiing today, and I noticed I have not built the endurance of my skiing muscles yet. So I'm building my base. It builds the efficiency of your heart, how much blood volume your heart pumps per stroke. So that carries over pretty well into skiing. It increases the amount of carbohydrate you can store. Carbohydrate stores are limited. Fat stores are plentiful, mine more than some. But you want to develop your ability to burn more fat and spare the uh, carbohydrate. So again, that's a good thing that crosses over to skiing. The other thing you're doing during the base period is you should be doing cycling-specific motion. So even though I love cross-country skiing, I get on my bike and it's usually the trainer or the spin bike at the gym for at least half an hour, three times a week. The first big reason is to lay your base. The second reason is there are health benefits for exercising year-round. Everybody from the American College of Sports Medicine, um, to your physician and so on will tell you that you really need to exercise pretty much every week in and out. Now, that doesn't mean you have to train, 
every week in and out, but you ought to be active. Um, the recommendation is two and a half hours of aerobic exercise every week. That can be a brisk walk. You know, it, it, and it doesn't have to be all at once. You know, break, it, break it down into 10, 15-minute segments of work, but it's really important. So that's why, to lay your base and to maintain good health and fitness. Now, that's interesting. I, I would have thought that classic cross-country skiing was actually close to cycling-specific because it is so linear. It's pretty close, and the muscle I noticed is your hip flexor, which is the one you use when you lift your ski or you move your ski forward. And the only time you would use that pedaling is if you're pulling up pretty hard on the pedals, which pretty much we don't do. Okay. That's the one that bends sense. your hip and lifts your foot. Yes. Well, what should someone do? What are the priorities given limited time? The first and most important thing is spend time with your family, particularly this time of year, because we're heading into the holidays. And I've got clients, a couple of new clients who are gung-ho. I can train Thanksgiving Day, not a problem, John. I can train all weekend. <laughs> well, yeah, but you don't want to do that. Well, maybe you want to do that, but you shouldn't do that. This is a time where family really needs to be number one. And it pays off later in the year because you've got a really good relationship with your significant other, your kids, your parents, whoever it is. And then when you start taking more time to ride, you've already built up goodwill. So that's always the first important thing. The second one this time of year is endurance training. I ski, I ride. Um, some people mountain bike, some people hike. There are a lot of different things. But... And you really want to be doing the endurance training. I've really been now, enjoying putting on my fat calories because I love eggnog with rum. Nothing wrong with that, and you're developing your biceps, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, one of the benefits of endurance training is, and this is one of George's favorite words I know from, from previous discussions, is you're building up your mitochondrial density. And what that, means is, what that means is in your muscles, there are mitochondria. And think of these as really little furnaces. They're inside the cells, even smaller than cells, but they're really little furnaces, and they go boom, 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 and they're sending out power. And if you increase the density, you're building more furnaces in your muscles. So that's a really important part of it. So first, endurance training. Second is core strength, because that's the foundation of everything. Uh, I mean, I, I was out skiing, and again, need a solid core, so my legs have got something to push against, and my back is in neutral. When you're riding, your legs are actually like levers, and the fulcrum that they pivot around is your pelvis. And if your pelvis is rocking up and down with every pedal stroke, where's your energy going? Well, it's going into rocking your butt up and down, not going forward. So you want a really strong core. So if you've only got time for two things, getting an endurance workout most days and do some core stuff. Then on top of that, I would add at this point of the year, some general strength training, and it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to go to the gym and move heavy objects. Uh, most of the good exercises can be done with body weight. Then next would be stretching, flexibility, uh, again, for good health, but also makes you a lot more comfortable on the bike. Makes me more comfortable skiing. I know George does downhill and increased flexibility. I suspect George helps your downhill, doesn't it? Absolutely. 
Very, very important. Yeah. So, so all of the above, except for family, that endurance, core strength, general strength, and stretching, the programs for each of those on my website, www.coach-hughes.com. And then the last thing I'd mention for this time of year is, is just a little bit of intensity. So, so think of this as a meal, and you've got a big plate of carbohydrates. That's your endurance. And then you've got some protein, the smaller thing. That's your strength. And then you've got a little seasoning on top, a little flavoring. That's your intensity. Not much. Now, went for a ride today, very easy, but... It's always intensity when I come up that last little bit of old stage. <laughs> is that too much? It, it, it really is, George. I, I did one of my favorite loops that I hadn't done in a while, which is up left hand, up Lee Hill, down Lee Hill. And then I started up your side of old stage. And I remembered why I didn't do that loop very often. <laughs> it, it, it's only, what, half a mile, but it sure gets your attention. And that's what I'm wondering. Is it worth driving somewhere if you live on a hill or you've got a, a kind of a typical route that's got a, a fairly intense section on it? Is it worth it to drive uh, to a different course where, you know, if I went down the hill and parked the car and did a loop where I was able to finish just back at the car rather than climbing that hill, would that be valuable? Actually, better off climbing the hill. When I lived in California, I lived half a mile up Santa Maria, which was it was eight percent just to get to my garage. And I'd go out and I'd do kind of a recovery ride, called the Portola Valley Loop. And then the last half hour, I get my intensity. The last half mile, I get my intensity, and and that helps. That's plenty. And how long does it take you from the junction of Lee Hill, Old Stage, up to your house, George? If I'm in shape, about twelve minutes. Today it was probably fifteen to eighteen. Okay, that's a little more than you probably want, but it's not enough that it's going to be hurting you. Okay. And at, and at that level, um, sort of an oxymoron, but let's call it moderate intensity. Okay. But more than, than comfortable. On, on an endurance ride, you should always be able to talk. That's the rule of thumb, right? And if yes. you're climbing a hill, a reasonable hill, a canyon, you should be able to talk in short sentences, but not whistle. And then you get to a point beyond that where you can sort of grunt and say, hi, John, this hurts. That's probably about the level of effort at which you're climbing old stage, certainly the level of effort which I do. Yeah, I'd say it was close to that, and I could not have done a repeat today. Right. And then there's the shorter, really harder things, even higher level of intensity. Um and throwing in just a dash of that over the winter. Partly for variety won't help. Partly, if you got to ride the trainer for half an hour, it's pretty boring to sit there and just grind it out. True. So what about cross-training? This is the time of year for cross-training, as far as I'm concerned. Or for some people, it's multi-sport athletes. You know, they, they ride, they, they race bikes in the, in the summer, and they, they race on skis in the winter. But... First of all, it, it, it's a change of pace. For most people, riding your bike all year round gets really old. And then... 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm not being paid to ride. As far as I know, George isn't being paid to ride. No, he's not. So we might have, yeah, we might as well do something different just to break up the, the routine. Um, depending on where you live, mountain biking this time of year be just great you can even do it in the snow and don't wear your heart rate monitor don't have a computer on it just go out and have fun on your mountain bike for a while so that's the first really good cross training thing you can do as i mentioned earlier i cross country ski a lot i skied 72 days last winter and built up a huge endurance base so that when i got on my bike and started climbing passes I didn't quite have the, the power I needed to get up the passes, but boy, I could go forever. So cross-country skiing is a really good uh, cross-training. And, and there are two forms. One is classic, which is what I do. Uh, skating hasn't even been invented when I started skiing. And that's where your, your skis are moving parallel forward. And then there's skate skiing where you're pushing off. It's like rollerblading, but on the snow. Skate skiing is a more intense workout. Classic can be from mellow to really hard. And so for my clients, I prefer they do classic because you can modulate the intensity better. But some people like to skate ski and they do it, and that's great. Uh, different form this time of year is snowshoeing. I've got some backcountry snowshoes. Carol and I enjoy snowshoeing, particularly when conditions aren't good for skiing. Um, it's like hiking, except it's in the winter. And it can be as simple as snowshoes. You know, if we got a big dump, George, a foot and a half of snow, go to North Boulder Park right in town and snowshoe. You know, I remember so before Ram 95, I had put on snowshoes and did lift tower intervals at Timberline. Yeah. I'd run to one tower and then walk to the next, run to one, walk to the next. That mm-hmm. was brutal. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's a really interesting and effective way of getting in your workout, but in a different format. Doing what you need to do, getting intensity, but doing it differently. It's one of the things that's nice about mountain biking. It's pretty random intensity, but it's sure there when it happens. Uh, continuing on from snowshoeing, if, if you're in an area that doesn't get a lot of snow, go hike. 
famous snowshoeing, but you're hiking. Put on boots, carry a pack, pack lunch. For some people who are younger, have got good knees, running's a really good one. Uh, all of these are ways of working your aerobic system, building your endurance. Now, I know you do downhill skiing, George. What kind of fitness does that give you? You know, it really builds up your legs. It certainly does. And you have to have some endurance if you're uh, doing a run nonstop. At what I would do, again, before Ram 95, I would skate uphill for my lessons. Um, instead of using the beginner lift, I would skate up. And, and that's really working both your legs and skating uphill, your aerobic system big time. Yep, and your arms because you got to be using your poles as well. Yeah. George did my Pacific Crest tour back in 95, and he did not have a lot of uh, riding miles in his legs, but he sure had a lot of those skinny miles. And he was strong on that tour. Let me tell you, you climbed really, really well, George. It, it took you a couple of days to get used to the pedaling motion, but then you just took off. You were great. So that's a good example of cross-training really paying off. So first thing, you want it to be endurance. Second thing, you want it to use your legs primarily. Swimming is great for relaxation, stretching out, but it's not going to do much for you if you're a rider. So endurance and legs. Think about those when you're trying to, and, and fun. Try to think about those three things when you're picking a cross-training activity. But do keep the cycling motion in there a few times a week? If at all possible, get on the trainer, ride the mountain bike two or three times a week. And a really simple way to do it, you probably see them around Boulder, George, any, any day of the year, no matter what. People are commuting to work on their bikes. Or I'll ride to the post office to get to the mail in the grocery store if the weather's sort of okay. And I don't have to be out for more than 15 minutes at a time until I'm ducking into a building. Uh, so, so that's another good way to get in the cycling motion. But, but it's important to keep doing that. And, and it doesn't have to be long. Um, one of the things I think is actually pretty beneficial, when you're, when you're doing any activity, your power is coming from the strength of your leg muscle fibers. So muscle is composed of a lot of different fibers and how well coordinated they fire. So if they're all firing exactly in sync, it's like your car is tuned up. The timing is right. But if they're firing out of sync, it's like your engine is running really well. And so one of the ways that improves the sinking of them, the timing of them, is to do really short sprints. Because when you're sprinting, you're, you're asking your muscles, give me everything you can. Okay, I know you got the muscle fibers firing, but let's try to get them more coordinated. So I would throw in a few sprints on the trainer or on the road just to improve that. Another good thing is drills. Uh, this time of year, well, all but one of my clients are doing one-legged pedaling. And the reason I had to think about it, there, there's one guy that lives where it's sunny year-round, and I can't get him on the trainer. But everybody else is getting on the trainer doing one-legged one-legged pedaling. So rest, on, rest your left foot on the box, right foot clipped in. Do 30 seconds with your with just your right foot, and then put your left foot on the pedal. You don't have to clip in. 30 seconds of, of recovery. Do that three or four times. Or uh, you can do do a minute at your normal cadence, and another minute and up your cadence by 10, and another minute up your cadence by 10, and keep going until you're doing 120, 130 RPM. The the limit is when you start bouncing in the saddle. 
and then work your way back down. Or over the period of a minute or maybe two, just keep ramping your cadence up, 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 up. So anything like that, there are a lot of different drills that can help you uh, improve the coordination of your muscle firing. So that, that's why riding in the winter is so important. Question about one-legged. Can't you do that outside, not on the trainer? If you are coordinated and on a road where traffic isn't as much of a problem, sure. Okay. But it's a lot easier to do indoors, a lot less risky. And for most of my riders, before you do any sort of strength training, you to warm up. People don't always, I don't always, but you should. And doing one-legged pedaling is just a great warm-up. That's a good warm-up. You can either do it at home on your trainer if you're using home weights. Or most gyms have got a spin bike or something, and you can get on that and do it. Spin, spin bikes um, actually are kind of cheating because they've got a they're, they're like a fixed gear. They've got a flywheel, and they keep going around, and you don't have to use your your muscles as much to get around. You you want something more like a conventional bike on a trainer to do that. Now, do you have any articles written about off season or preseason? Let's call it the preseason because that's what it what's important about it. Um, yeah, I've written a couple of articles. One is on just productive off-season training in general. It's 27 pages and covers everything that we've talked about plus. And then it has two 12-week programs. One is for people that ride for health and fitness. About half of the audience that I write for doesn't do events. They're not interested in racing, so forth and so on. They want to be healthy and they enjoy riding. And when winter comes, it's kind of conundrum. How do I stay healthy and how do I ride? So it lays out a 12-week program for them. And then the other, what I'll call recreational riders, who are you're trying to stay active this winter because you want to be doing some sort of event. So both of those are on my website, right on the homepage, or that article for both kinds of riders is on my website, on the homepage. And then, George, I hope I'm not embarrassing you, but didn't you turn 50 like last year or the year before? Uh, I turned 50 the year before, the year before, the year before. I'll be 53 okay. this year. All right. Well, and I turned 67. So when, when you get to be our age, off-season training becomes more important for year-round fitness, but also how much you can do changes, your capacity changes. So I've written a second article on off-season, pre-season conditioning for people who are over 50, and it starts out by reviewing all the physiological changes that happen with aging, and some of them are unavoidable, but most of them you can at least slow them down, and the way you slow them down is by staying active. So the article talks about a lot of different exercises that you can do to slow down the inevitable effects of aging. Uh, uh, strength exercises, flexibility exercises, different kinds of aerobic exercises. And then I combined all of these into a 12-week preseason training program that's got a range of options. So it doesn't say go out and ride for 90 minutes. It says go out and ride for 50 minutes to, you know, two hours. Or if that's not the kind of rider you are, split it over two days. So it's, it's built in with a lot of flexibility. So again, both of these are on my website, general productive off-season training, and then the off-season conditioning past 50 the website is www.coach-hughes.com. 
John. Thank you very much. It's always great chatting with you. Going the distance with Coach John Hughes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.